Greetings everyone. Welcome to the fourth episode of Material Analysis, the podcast. Today's episode is titled, Why Bother? And uh, today's panel, we have uh, Comrade Jasmine, who was in the first episode. We have a new member on our panel, which you mentioned the last time, Comrade Dilip and and Chandu. Uh, And today's episode is going to be about, given that the general elections 2019 in India have resulted in numbers which pretty much reflect what the exit polls had predicted. It has been a washout for opposition parties. Um, The Communist Party of India Marxist, CPIM, which uh, was for a long time in Indian history, a power in Bengal and Kerala has been decimated. In fact, in Bengal, uh, it has been driven down not to third and fourth position in many seats. It has lost its deposits in pretty much all of the seats. Um, in Kerala, the UDF government has won. The other opposition parties uh, have also suffered. Mahagadbandhan, which had uh, ambitions for getting most of the seats in Uttar Pradesh, have been driven down to below 20 seats. Um, the Congress, of course, continues to suffer as a national party. So things look bleak and I would like to hear the thoughts of the two other people in the panel. So Comrade Jasmine, can we have a few thoughts from you? Um, yeah, okay, to get uh, rid of the negativity at the outset, yes, of course, it's difficult, especially the funding mismatch is between, between the ruling party and the opposition is going to be really, really challenging to overcome. But also, uh, it's important to realize that people's opinions do not uh, stay set in stone. They they don't define what the country is uh, and is going to be forever. Because I'm hearing a lot of people saying, oh, so people have voted for Hindutva and I guess hate is what they want. So why even bother doing anything? And that's essentially a very defeatist way of looking at it because people vote for many reasons. And even if they have all voted for Hindutva, that's no, that's no reason as political activists for us to give up and to say, well, yeah, okay, people are horrible. So that's just a very, uh, I guess, a liberal way of looking at things. If, if this is what people want, let them have it. Uh, we recognize that people's wants get created out of the environment that they are in. And as activists, it is now our responsibility to create movements and to create sort of organizations that resist all of this and not just of people who already agree with you and who want to resist although of course you should be doing that and you should be organizing those people but uh, it's important to organize people who have voted for this government even if you're not doing it directly against the government you have to organize them for their own interests so uh, for example if you're organizing say you know small traders or workers and a certain area or anything like that. It's important even under this government to get the concessions that you can get for people. And these small organizations, these small ways of resisting eventually dialectically sort of, you know, affects the larger resistance or the larger change that we can bring about in government. And 
it's also very crucial to understand that an opposition does not emerge out of nothing you can't just expect like for example the congress to suddenly become a better party suddenly have a lot of cadres and um if you are concerned as an individual you have to do more than just you know tweet about it or be angry uh you have to go out and organize even if you hate it you have to go and join a party maybe or do these other things that uh, help because political parties are important and i cannot emphasize this part enough at this moment like even if the next elections are 5 years away if you're not organizing politically at this moment you are really doing something wrong you are repeating the mistakes of the last 5 years uh if you want to do these small independent sort of um protests and all that sort of thing that is not going to work anymore you need you need big united opposition and that's what you need to do so uh congress dilip you have been uh, you are here the first time so please introduce yourself and um give your thoughts into why do you think um opposition is necessary and why do you think opposition is possible given how bleak situation hi uh, everyone i am dilip uh, i am a socialist and that's more or less uh, enough as an introduction so i think we all can agree with the fact that it looks quite bleak uh, given the fact that hindutva has really trounced the opposition but i think the analysis from so many people uh, before we going to the fact why even bother is that people are irredeemable you know like you you can never have have hope at all because these people have turned completely um let's say uh, rabidly right wing that they are irredeemable and there is no way forward at all this is some sort of liberal myopia uh, that has been written a lot and i think I, i as a socialist or as a progressive you have to fundamentally oppose this notion of uh, the fact that people are irredeemable and you can ha- never have hope and the only way forward in my opinion um, is to have yeah at least a little bit of hope but the other thing is i think we have to effectively understand that there are paths where resistance have worked so there are paths especially in india in, uh, in my opinion especially in tamil nadu the narrative has been completely turned on its head and it has clearly worked in in numbers which are even not imaginable for uh, people who resisted the sun because uh, so many factors have contributed in and the material reality of what people felt acutely over the 5 years on how much screwed up the economy was and how much of assault in so many different ways the the bjp government has been doing on people it has clearly mattered for at least portion of uh, populous let's say and there are so many factors to why it mattered but one thing which can be said completely clearly is that stuffs like demonetization which worked as a shock therapy has clearly angered people at least in this part of region and it basically worked as a not just due to job losses not just due to uh, their lives getting tangibly worse but also the momentarily uh, you know the 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 affront to dignity that they faced people clearly remember that like i can 
uh, site interviews where uh, one farmer said that he couldn't get from place A to place B because his uh, uh, currency was suddenly uh, deemed uh, null and void and then somebody who couldn't bring food to their uh, children on that particular night because of what uh, democratization did and yeah we can all completely understand and argue how uh, the reality of people really got worsened over the years but what we have to understand and what probably the complexities of it is why some narratives one over the other and really be honest about it the only way forward for any progressive is to have hope and yeah get into organization and build really wide solidarities and not put each other's down you know like i mean sorry to interrupt i do agree that i absolutely agree that we should not put each other down and all of that but that's one thing and capitulating to liberal ways of doing activism is another and often we've tried to do this very you know like broad left thing which actually includes the liberals which i think has been counterproductive and if anything 2019 has taught us that the old ways of doing things are not going to work to be honest like the, the okay, politics really uh, plays out on a regional level and liberals are at least in a electoral political level or in a huge mass organization level they are in that consequential maybe on in 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 journalism they yeah, no but that's exactly my point it's a lot of left activists have spent a lot of time trying to win over people who are not consequential who tend to be liberals and we should stop doing that yeah this part i agree but what what i'm trying to say is that there are going to be different sections of left and there are going to be various it's go, the progressive uh, part is going to be like in the spectrum and there are always going to be minor or major disagreements yeah. even and and also also uh, the left is in that big in india as well so we have to like actively work on expanding where the left organizes okay that. so and, that is different i don't want to get into an argument but expanding the left base is different from including liberals in the left base in the sense liberal activists or you know like liberal journalists or whatever so expanding your base is always good please go ahead and do that like turn people into leftists by all means turn prior liberals into leftists but building alliances with uh, inconsequential liberals is something that has taken up a lot of our time and has led to absolutely nothing uh, so okay one section of people i have been talking to they are sort of still in a denial mode and they are like essentially blaming all of this to widespread rigging and and this is a significant amount of people like this is not some like this is not some one or two person or right? there's a significant amount of people who are thinking like that and while i would not want to be dismissive of the idea because frankly i don't know like nobody predicted this result I know for a fact that even a lot of right wingers did not predict this. Like even in their circles, there is massive shock as to what has happened. So anything is fine. Anything is fair game. Anything could have happened. But um, I think that focusing on that right now is going to be a bad move. Nobody is going to prove that uh, in in a short amount of time. And if there are people who are not sort of accepting that there is a huge problem because there are people who are saying that 
you know this all of this is a rigged result i would say that even if malfeasance happened it couldn't have led to 350 you know it could have added a couple of tens of more seats no i agree completely and in any case it is idle speculation because we don't know and but i mean i don't know of any like it, it like it i think it would become like the russia gate of india if in like and our audience is not leftist so they are all over the place so in general if people are thinking that you know um, the system has been infiltrated to a degree that nothing is going to work because everything is in the government's pocket and i know there are people who think like that my answer to that is that even if the system has been perverted to that degree you still got to resist that it's not as if before before these elections things were extremely transparent and okay with them and if at that point you were willing to listen to our podcast and think about resistance in different ways that means you are still willing to listen to our podcast and think about resistance makes me think of the larger point that i don't think there is actually a hopelessness among political activists on the other hand i'm seeing some sort of very strange sort of renewed enthusiasm people are very very enthusiastic people are like okay this is a new beginning we knew we were in some sort of rut and into more that were not working and we are going to work so much harder now that's one thing but these are activists right these are not our audience before you know like what exactly like, people can do i just want to say that there are like a lot of things where um, people push push this down the truth especially especially i see it in print media even nowadays that it's not possible to even like like the, what people keep saying is that a kind of a dystopian future where uh, all institutions will collapse and that's it and from 2024 you'll just keep having bjp i think that's not true it's possible to defeat them it's just it's i think it's completely boss- possible to defeat it may not sound uh, easy or it may not even sound possible now but i genuinely think it's possible to defeat because maybe i'm sitting uh, how to say from a re- i'm talking from a really different experience but from everybody i talked to from uh, all the interactions i had both in social media and in real life at least from a tamil nadu perspective it gives so much of hope and there are there are possible ways forward there are lessons to learn from the uh, from the model in which tamil nadu defeated and and, and sometimes tamil nadu uh, sangees actually kind of introspect themselves and see what went wrong and if you see this it it has a multiple factors combined in and one of them is complete puncturing of modi's image which the opposite happened elsewhere everything was linked to the central government and completely correctly so and when um, there are so many story factors that went in because of the fact that the government got changed and uh, the uh, state government's function functions were so interrupted by the governor and by the uh, central government and then the issue of federalism came up so much of times and uh, that people we, people took it very seriously from the massacres in uh, tutukudi from what happened uh, in our uh, eight lane project to actually neat neat was a significant issue here like people might think differently but neat was such a significant issue here that it was quite easy to forecast what bjp was and it's, it's it was so easy to show what bjp is like 
they pretty much the campaign was that and correctly so bjp was a brahmanical party and people completely bought it because they could see for themselves in and they managed to connect it you have to you have to give credit to the organizers in the grassroots where they managed to connect bjp exactly and accurately with brahmanism and th- that was one of the key things and all the material woes was credited to bjp in demon in when demonetization happened there was so much of debate in the local media and so much of you know like satire channels came up in youtube and they got so huge they have gone on to uh, actually make an impact in pop culture and so on but and the result of 38 out of 39 that went to uh, dmk plus was not just on the basis of how uh, anti incumbency played for the state parties because we had a uh, we had a terrible probably the worst governance ever from this particular government but also from the fact that the mask of bjp was completely off and it was partly ideological it was partly material reality but it offers hope yeah i agree and i think this was playing out in the rest of the country also but then it sharply turned around after pulwama and that's just the sort of thing that should give you hope actually because we were on the right track or whatever of course we didn't take it through um what people should be doing i think is uh, not countering narratives with just narratives because that's never going to work you're never going to own the conversation just like that you have to do a lot of issues based organizing and then you can move on to the narrative one of the significant narratives that played out on cpm and cpi had so many videos about it like how modi was portrayed as this some sort of uh, you know like uh, poor yeah it's in magan as we call it like uh, son of a poor uh, 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 worker and so on mm-hmm. and so forth and that was completely turned upside down here like they kept saying that why is he wearing such kind of expensive suits and always going to foreign trips how can he even kolimpo and yeah. that sounds like simplistic for people but it it had a such a huge impact like people kept saying that from time to yeah. time and they it it really struck a chord with them just just that simple uh, narrative and when pulwama happened i remember that yeah ev- everybody just bowed down but some sort of uh, resistance has already been created and existed that they started screaming jumla maybe not the first day or the second day but from the third day and from fourth day fifth day it went to the fact that people were saying that oh can we have imran khan as prime minister so somebody listening to our podcast suppose they are not a part of any party suppose they are not a part of any activist organization i'm thinking from that angle that what can they do right so my answer to that would be find five other people who think like you then the six of you get together then go and talk to all your friends or to all of your family members as to why did they vote for you then try to use that information to do some small amount of conversations in your neighborhood among your circles etc i think that is the best you can do if you are um, an individual and then try to find an organization near you where your group can join and contribute but i understand that not a lot of places will have these organizations like um, or you will or be willing to work with you or you would be willing to work with them and that is fine so try to do something which is more than being angry on the internet 
because that would be the easiest thing to do and would feel cathartic and catharsis is bad. You're right, I think. My point on propaganda was that I think even in the North, there must have been a lot of people, I'm sure, who listened to Kunal Kamra, who laughed at his jokes and went ahead and went, voted for Modi, right? And I think the CPM videos and etc., the things that you're talking about, they serve as a tipping point. Uh, in the sense, they, like, they, they, would, they worked, but they would not have worked without the background. Then. Yes, but, you know, I'm not saying so, that they are the only cause, let alone saying that, like, people in other parts of India had no idea about uh, satirical mockery of Pulwama or anything. I completely acknowledge that there are movements everywhere else in India which equally resisted Modi, but all I'm saying is that there was the image of Modi, like, the, you know, the, the image of strongman was systematically eroded over mm-hmm. a long period of time, mm-hmm. ever since he took power. Mm-hmm. And that's something to at least look up at as, as some... Of course, it won't work without, like, you know, the backbone of so many diverse movements in... Uh, I could, could name at least five, ten movements which actually took the opposition to Modi forward whenever he came to Tamil Nadu. But I'm just saying that put these things together, it worked. So it's 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 one of the ways to look at it. It's one of the ways to see that there is possible hope everywhere else. And probably if you if it crystallizes more, there is possibility to overturn the uh, decision that we know. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Yeah. I think that is enough. Um, uh, I would like to conclude by saying that, see, if you are listening to our podcast, you kind of want to be told why bother, you know, because if you did not bother in the first place, would you have listened to the first three episodes? Because we have been pretty partisan, so you kind of already agree with us. You are probably trying to figure out what to do rather than why to do it, right? And of course, a lot of you would like even within the leftist sphere of thought, there would be wide diversity. There would be parties you would not be willing to work with. There would be organizations you would have flaws with, etc., etc., etc. But you need to be organized, regardless of which organization you are in. If none of them, you have to organize yourself. And organizing is an important piece. Like education and agitation without organization kind of becomes hollow. So you will have to find like-minded people you will have to then translate your organization's impact in some way to the real world. And when I say real world, I mean the world outside the internet, Simalpura. So, you'll have to talk with your Mohalla uncles and aunties and try to figure out what really happened. Because what really happened would be very different place to choose. And then using that information of what really happened, you would have to innovate ways to change um, the current status of being. Remember, at the end of the day, this is something Marx writes uh, very clearly, that revolution is not something you create. Revolution is changing the current state of being. That's all it is. So for that to happen, you need to figure out in very unsentimental, cold-blooded terms, in your area, among the people you can talk to, among the people you know, what really happened, what matters to them, what doesn't matter to them. And once you have figured out what matters to them, you have to translate to them why the why a polity which is supremacist is not good for them as well. Even if your uncles, you know, come and tell you that uh, 
he voted because you know for hinduism reasons or because he hates muslims or whatever don't take that at face value sure they might be feeling that but of course they have other interests in their lives and it is our job now to show to them that those other interests uh, are fulfilled better by other political formations and and not just i think it is going to be inhumanly difficult to just you know attack hindutva and be like this is why hindutva is wrong and this is why it's bad for you and i think it you just have to allow it sort of to fade away except of course in the most egregious cases they have to go and attack what i just want to finish off with this with the fact that if you are like there are very few of us think the other way around so everything we do as long as it positively contributes to eliminating uh, these forces from the part it matters everything that we do within the capacity it matters hopefully it's more organized hopefully it's more channelized but as long as you you try to at least challenge this uh, really strong current that we are facing now that 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 really matters so maybe it's going to be flawed how you um, the the solidarity that we try to build may not be you know like flawless but it's critical that we have solidarity even with differences to build really a mass coalition is going to be at this moment in my opinion joining hands with people you may not find completely palatable and do try to uh, read because theory will help you don't like it's garbage when people say that i we work on the ground we don't need to do theory no no theory is going to be really helpful and theory will help you also convince some liberals why they are wrong and perhaps prod them a bit towards leftist thought and theory is also going to help you organize because theory will reflect what people did in the past what worked what didn't work so try to dig some left theory try to also also remember nothing is happening in isolation this rise of the right wing in india reflects the rise of the right wing all across the world and there have been left formations in the world which have been more successful in resisting that so do read about what people have done in other countries what for example what people have done in brazil where the bolsonaro government the far right government came into power and then people resisted quite beautifully you should read what people have been doing there and that will give you an idea as to why bother and why bothering if enough people bother enough it can actually work and, and you might be able to and it to seems that it might very well work in brazil in the way they are going there are so many No, like there are so many ways people have resisted it almost seems possible yeah. that bolsonaro is toppled so and all and also i think yeah. like yeah. not to like give up on people i don't know like persuasion is good in my opinion at least to try to there are yeah i don't know if you can persuade everybody uh, back into uh, the fold that you want to but not to be completely judgmental and throwing you know like um, insults at the face of people so that you alienate a lot of people completely but try to persuade as much as you can and there are a lot of people if you persuade properly they they can come into your fold don't be like smug don't do that thing that you know people or oh, like that's pretty that's bad, bad because like bad. if it, it it's not even like evi- it's not even supported by evidence because we know at, at this point of time that almost more yeah. than 60 70% of upper caste who obviously hold resources who obviously have you know better social in- indexes vote for the sun so just to throw around insults like oh people are stupid people are uneducated people are you know so much 
filled with bigotry as if like you know saying this is uh, devoid of bigotry it, it's just self-service mug bullshit so it's much better that we at least try to have this conversation with people who might completely disagree without even knowing why they disagree try so to have if you try to convince in your socialism is what yeah. i'm saying yeah yeah and remember like uh, comrade didip said it that it is people like you who have voted for this government people like us actually uh, but do not lose hope because as political activists we have not lost hope at all so there is no reason for you to do so come join us and it's going to be difficult but it is never impossible exactly. people have started from much worse situations and they have achieved a lot more than we have also our podcast will soon be available on all platforms which have podcasts right now it is available on spotify india so you can listen to it from that as well if you can, search can i just can i just uh, just say Thank that you. like if you Go share with seven people it will bring a lot of good to you and Lord Hanuman will bless you, and if those seven people share with seven more people, it will bring immense pleasure and joy in your life. But if you don't, it bad things might happen. We are like multi-level marketing Marxists, MLMM. So that's so just just keep sharing. Yep. Okay. I'm stopping now. Bye.